Hello, this is Rafal Davidovich. Welcome to the weekly Navi Shir, where we hope to cover all of Nach, meaning the rest of the Bible, besides for the Torah, which is covered in another broadcast. Here we are at Sefer Yehoshua, Perik Yud Aleph. This means the book of Joshua, chapter 11. And this is an incredible chapter for a few reasons. I'm so excited about this chapter that I think I'm going to find it difficult to summarize. So apologize. I'll apologize now if it goes beyond the usual five or six minutes. Chapter 11 is really the second part of a story that began in chapter 10. Chapter 10 was a focus on how Yehoshua and the armies of Klalisro conquered the south. Now, what is called the south will become later the kingdom of the tribe of Yehuda. Now they're about to conquer the north. Now, is the north the rest of the Jewish people's land? It is not, as we will soon discover. However, it is a huge bulk of the territory of the north, so that the area that they conquered in chapter 10 is known as Yehuda nowadays, and the areas that they conquer here in chapter 11 is the Shomron, and some areas to the north of the Shomron as well, such as the areas around the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee. How does it happen? So I invite you all to take a quick read through Perikudal of chapter 11. What happened was that the kings of those uh, city-states in the north of the land realized that the best defense was not to wait for Yehoshua and the Jews to come attack them, but rather to make a good offense to try to beat back and defeat Yehoshua. This sounds like the right idea. However, it ended up in the utter destruction of all of these city-states to the north. We will soon learn in a couple of chapters that there were 31 kings in total. So they've conquered the kings in the south of Ersishal. And now the kings of the north have gathered together in an alliance to try to defeat Yehoshua. And when, with such a major war, Yehoshua seeks comfort. And Perak in Pasuk Vav, verse 6, has, Vayomer Hashem el Yehoshua, al mipnehem. God tells Yehoshua, do not be afraid of them. Ki machar hazos anochi kulam chalolim lifnei Yisrael. Tomorrow they will all be corpses before Israel. And here's the interesting part for historical reasons. Es susehem te'aker vesmarkavosehem tisropa eish. You shall um, hamstring the horses and burn their chariots in fire. And why do I think that this is such an important verse? Because it shows that Yehoshua and his soldiers were foot soldiers. They did not have chariots and horses like the Canaanite nations here did, or like the Egyptians did for that matter. So in the language of history, the nations of Canaan were already in the Iron Age. They had chariots, as Mitzrayim was already in the Iron Age. The Jewish people at this point were what we would call the Bronze Age. So even though technologically they were far behind the people who had reached a, an advanced level of technology, namely these chariots, Hashem told Yehoshua, don't be afraid of their greater technology. You can destroy their technology. It won't even matter. You'll grab their horses, hamstring them, because that's the only real reason for horses, is to pull the chariots, at least at that time. And you will not even use the chariots, meaning at your current technological level, which is behind theirs, you will defeat them.
So now, chapter 11 continues in that exactly what Hashem had promised had happened, meaning Yeshua and all the people, all the soldiers went, and they went up into the north, and they defeated all of these uh, nations, these city-states. The main city here is called Chatzor, Yavin Melech Chatzor. And he defeated Chatzor, destroyed the city, conquering all of the cities. He only destroyed Chatzor, he did not destroy the other cities, but there is an utter conquest with spoils being taken. And now we read again, which is such an important line to understand, this first half of the book of Joshua, which will conclude soon, which is Pasuk Tezvah, verse 15. Kasher Tzivo Hashem es Moshe Avdo, Kein Tziva Moshe es Yehoshua. Just as God commanded Moshe, this is how Moshe commanded Yehoshua. V'chein also Yehoshua. And this is exactly then what Yehoshua did. Lo davar mikol Hashem es Moshe. He did not leave anything out for everything that Hashem had commanded Moshe. So now with this, we are more than halfway through chapter 11. And this describes how Yeshua conquered the entire land. This did not all happen in one day, as it somehow implies. The major battle took place in one day. However, the battle did continue for many years, but this is how they conquered all of these areas of Yehuda and Shemron and to the north. They did not conquer all of Eretz Yisrael, as we will discover in the next couple of chapters, but a good section of it. And the uh, chapter concludes with two things. First of all, they point out that it was really a miracle that all of these nations' hearts had been hardened in order so that they should attack the Jews and therefore be defeated. Because had they surrendered, then Yehoshua would have had to leave them alive, and this would have had more disastrous consequences later. But they could have surrendered in some form, it seems, but there was a miracle, is really what is being called here, that they did not surrender. And now we reach the concluding three lines, which is extremely important for several reasons. One reason is that we have an amazing foreshadowing here, what the people nowadays call Easter eggs, you'll excuse the expression. What do I mean? Because right here in verse 21, we discover that Yeshua conquers some other people, some people we haven't heard from in a while. But we're going to hear about them now. And they comprise a major story arc that goes from Parshas Bereshis all the way until the end of the life of David HaMelech. And that is the story of the giants. What these giants are is not for now, but they are referred to as giants. And if you take a look all the way back in the Torah, in Parshas Lech Lecha, we discover that these Anakim, these giants, inhabited the areas in Eretz Canaan, and in the regions outside of Eretz Canaan as well. They inhabited areas of Moab and Ammon and Seir, and we discover in Parshas Shalach that they inhabited Hebron as well. And we discovered in Parshas Lechlecha that these Anokim, even though they are rarely listed in the Torah, are the seventh nation of, that the Jews were to conquer in order to conquer Eretz Canaan. So verse 21, here we go with this amazing foreshadowing. Yehoshua at that time conquered and wiped out these Anakim, these giants from Hebron. 
and from all these other cities. And listen to this. You want to talk about an Easter egg. You want to talk about foreshadowing. Verse 22. Lo nosar anakim be'eretz b'nei Yisrael. There were no more anakim left. Rock be'aza be'gas be'ashdod nish'aru. The giants were only left in Aza, which we pronounce as Gaza, in Gas, in Gath, and Ashdod on the coast. Who do you think that verse is foreshadowing? Of course, it's foreshadowing the ultimate defeat of and the conquest of Eretz Knan by none other than David Hamelech, who will kill Goliath. And David's men will kill Goliath's brothers as well. This is clearly what this verse is alluding to. And then verse 23, Yeshua took all of this land, just as God had told Moshe, and then Yeshua would go about to divide the land according to tribes. And then the land rested from war. And what makes this so interesting is that they are by no means done. We will discover in chapters 13, really, 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. We will in 16 and 17 and 18. We will discover that Yeshua is by no means done. He stopped early, as it were. He conquered the main areas of Yehuda and the areas that would be given to Yosef and some of the northern tribes. But even though he wasn't done, he stopped fighting. So up until this point, Yehoshua has done everything right. He is the true successor to Moshe Rabbeinu, leading a national army to conquer the main areas of settlement of most but not all of Klal Yisrael, even to the point of defeating these giants, but again, most, but not all of the giants. So in this way, chapter 11 is leading to what will be a major turning point in this saga of Yehoshua's life. We'll stop there for now. Thank you for listening, everybody.